This is the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks on KQV with expert advice from CPA attorney and retirement and estate planning expert, Jim Lang, the best-selling author of Retire Secure and the Roth Revolution, Pay Taxes Once and Never Again. Now on the air and online worldwide at retiresecure.com, get ready to talk smart money. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks. I'm David Baer here in the KQV studios with Jim Lang, CPA, attorney, and author of two best-selling books, Retire Secure and The Roth Revolution, Pay Taxes Once and Never Again. Social Security is a component of most retirement plans, but not everyone receives the same benefit. Retirees who are in the know adopt cutting-edge strategies that can make a huge difference in the benefits available to them, their spouses, and their heirs. What can you do to increase your Social Security benefits? On tonight's show, CPA and attorney Jim Lang welcomes Dr. Kathleen Sindel, author of the best-selling book, Social Security, Maximize Your Benefits. With more than 20 years writing about financial management, she is currently a professor at the University of Maryland and the UMUC Graduate School, as well as a regular financial expert on ABC World News and the Nightly Business Report. She and Jim will discuss unique and effective strategies to increase your retirement benefits, incorporating Social Security maximization techniques and Roth IRA conversions. Stay tuned for an interesting and informative hour. And listeners, since our show is live, Jim and Dr. Sindel are available to answer your questions. To join the conversation, call the KQV studios at 412-333-9385. Again, that's 412-333-9385. And with that, I'll say hello, Jim, and welcome, Dr. Sindel. Hello. Hi, welcome, Kathleen. If, if I can call you Kathleen, if that's okay. Yes, uh, it is. All right, and congratulations on a great book. The, bu- the book, by the way, is Social Security, Maximize Your Benefits, that um, is both very valuable and mercifully short for a college professor. Um, but anyway, um, there's, there's a, a lot of things I want to talk about today, but is it fair to say that as a general rule, that you typically would recommend people delay Social Security rather than take it early for most yeah. people? All right. I, I wanted to get that out in case, you know, some people are in the car and and they – I have so many people who want to take Social Security at 62 years old, and I'm usually fighting with them. And it's not the most pleasant argument because it's hard to tell people to not take money when they could – and, you know, particularly if, if somebody's even working. So let, let's even take the case of somebody who is working. Um, how does work affect Social Security? Well, if you apply for Social Security before your full retirement age, your FRA, then um, you can only earn $15,120 per year before you have to pay taxes on that. And the tax penalty is uh, for every dollar, uh, for every, well, the the tax man will deduct $1 in benefits for every $2 you earn over that $15,120. 
So not only do you take a deduction of 25% if you have a benefit, let's say your full retirement age benefit is $1,000 per month, if you take that benefit early, you'll only get $750 per month, and that is forever. That is, that's locked in forever. When you turn full retirement age, it will not increase. If, when you turn 70, it will not increase. You will always get that $750 per month. If you work, if something happens where um, you actually have to go back to work, and you earn over $15,120 per year, then the, uh, then you will have this deduction in benefits of $1 for every earn over $15,120. So not only do you get hit once, you get hit twice. That's now, in addition to normal income tax. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, and... So, and- and if you um, happen to have to file unemployment, then uh, Social Security doesn't penalize your benefit for those unemployment benefits, but it could be that the state unemployment benefit office will give you less of an unemployment benefit because you receive Social Security benefits. It, it, and it, now that varies state by state. How about if we simplify it for the listeners? This is the way I think about it. If you're making more than $15,000, you don't even think about collecting Social Security unless you absolutely desperately need the money to just make rent. Is that, yes. is that, is that a fair summary? That's, that's a fair summary. All right. That, that's, that's my big thing because, you know, it's interesting. I just went to a Pennsylvania Bar Institute continuing education, and they had a Social Security expert and this person was saying that he often has a lot of clients. Now, to be fair, his clients are, are uh, let's say, not very well-to-do. He has a lot of clients who he claims have to take Social Security early in order just to pay bills. And I'm thinking, you know, in general, the way the math works, you know, with the extra 8% raise for every year that you wait, and it's not just for your life, but a lot of times you're you're waiting to get a higher benefit for your spousal benefit. So, I mean, I even have clients who, let's say, are in bad health, and they say, hey, Jim, you know, I'm I'm in bad health. I might as well get as much as I can. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but then if you die early and you reduce your benefit because you took it too soon and then you die, then your wife will have lower benefits for the rest of her life. Um, and my general contention before we get into some of the numbers, and I do have uh, more detailed questions for you, but my general contention is if you can, even if you have to eat into savings, even if you have to eat into your IRA, which I really hate, in general, unless both you and your spouse are not going to be around for a long time, it often makes sense to wait. Is that, is that fair? Yes. Yes, absolutely. There, right. there are some, some guidelines uh, that are in the book about what is the right ap- right application date for you uh, based on your general health, the longevity of your family, and things on that order. But uh, generally, if you are in good health uh, and there 
and there is longevity in your family. You know, in other words, you, you don't expect to to pass away when you're 65 years old. Then, you, then you certainly should should not retire. You know, take the benefit when you're 62. Well, well, well Kathleen, I'll tell you what I did. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more later on about the combination of, or I should say, the synergy of Social Security and the timing of Roth IRA conversions. But to, and I'm, I'm actually doing a talk on, on where that's going to be one of the major topics actually this Saturday um, in Monroeville. But what I did is I, I said, okay, let's say that you take money at age 62, and let's assume that you get um, a COLA with that. And to compare apples to apples, I'm going to collect Social Security at 62, and then I'm going to reinvest it. And then I compared that to somebody who was taking Social Security at 70. And obviously the person who took the money at 62 is much better off in the early years. And the break-even point, that is the point when it makes sense to wait, is somewhere around maybe age 83, depending on interest rates. I used about 6%. But if you keep going longer on, so let's say you make it till age 90, you know, I have the you're better off by about $240,000. And what Larry Kotlikoff said, I don't know if you know Larry, he's, a, he's actually a professor at University of Boston, and he's done work in this area. And, and I told him about this similar analysis about break-even at 84, and, and this was his, his response. He said, I'm, he said, Lang, quit thinking like an actuary. Think like an economist. <laughs> if you die when you're, say, 60, you know, 76 or 78, you're dead. You don't have a financial problem. Your financial problems are not if you die, but if you survive and if you run out of money in your older age. So thinking of it like an economist instead of an actuary, the bet, even without getting into all the numbers, is you're better off waiting because it protects you from everybody's fear, which is running out of money when they're old, um, not trying to squeeze the last dollar, although I would argue that waiting will often squeeze the last dollar. And I don't know if you think that that's a fair analysis or not also. Um, I think that, I think that, that waiting as long as you can to, to apply for Social Security is definitely the way to go, um, especially for survivors. Um, you know, it, there are statistics that indicate that for, for women who are in their 90s, that 42% of them, that the only income they have is Social Security. So that means that that survivor benefit needs to be as large as possible. Well, it, it's, it's interesting. I, have, I actually have two, two programs for financial professionals um, one, by the way, I believe that you spoke on the panel today with um, a guy named Frank, is it Worthy or Worley or something like that. Um, anyway, he, his, he, he also agrees that you're better off waiting. I also have one by the horse's mouth. And actually, about two days ago, um, I subscribed to a journal called the Journal of Personal Finance. And a guy named David Blanchett um, wrote an article, When to Claim Social Security, and I will, um, I'll give you the summary that he came up with. Now, 
it took him about 40 pages of analysis to come up with this. <laughs> but this, this is his analysis. The results of this analysis suggest most retirees would be best served delaying Social Security benefits until at least full retirement age or later, and that delayed Social Security are especially valuable for females, married couples, retirees who expect to invest in relatively conservative portfolios during retirements, and retirees who have longer life expectancies. The effective, here, this is interesting, the effective return achieved from a retiree making the optimal Social Security de decision can significantly exceed the return he or she could earn by investing the monies received from starting benefits earlier and investing the difference, especially in today's low interest environment. We find the optimal Social Security claiming decision can generate 9.15% more income for a hypothetical retired married couple which creates an annual equivalent of about you know three quarters of one percent per year um so this is this is really a big a big difference and um i think it's really important for for women in fact actually both of these programs um really want to talk to women about the topic of when does um, collect Social Security. I'd like to keep going. David is waving his arms. One, I just have a question, and, and I understand the logic behind all of these calculations, but how do issues like the long-term viability of Social Security weigh into this? I mean, is that an issue that one needs to consider? I want to let Kathleen answer that one. Uh, from what some of, from the literature that I'm reading, it, it seems that... Uh, for the near term that we are safe, even though it said, you know, even though we're getting different forecasts, we get a different forecast from the Social Security Administration mm -hmm. um, every year or two that says, well, you know, the end is near, and it's, you know, the end's going to be, you know, 2035 has, has been the most recent uh, prediction. But I, I can't help but believe that because of the Social Security program being such a, a safety net for so many people, that, uh, that something's going to happen, that uh, we will see it for, for many years, and that uh, for people who are in their 20s now or 30s, uh, that uh, they may have a different type of Social Security, maybe a prepaid Social Security benefit that's different than what we have now, um, but uh, I think that uh, Social Security will not disappear. Good. And, and I actually agree with you that there's going to be a difference between people who are, let's say, either collecting now or about to collect in the next couple years, and perhaps people in their 20s and 30s or maybe even 40s. So, mm -hmm. so I, I would, but again, on the other hand, every time I've made a a global prediction about what the government's going to do I've often been wrong so um but but frankly I would I would bet and I would err on taking the extra 9% rather than um worrying about the government not fulfilling its obligations um that perpetuity yeah. it, 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 well the other thing is I think politically it would just be unfeasible for the government to significantly cut benefits that people fully expected to have 
So I think part of it is a political issue also. Well, moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, and the, the other benefit of holding off on Social Security um, is that there are significant tax advantages of holding off on Social Security and the, the most current area of research, and I call it number crunching that I've been doing, is holding off on Social Security, getting a very low base income. So let's even say somebody who's 62 years old, they're retired, they have money in their IRA, maybe they have some, some money that they're living off. My thing for them is hold off on Social Security and then start doing a series of Roth IRA conversions and you can do a lot more Roth IRA conversions uh, if you're holding off on Social Security. So if you're, if you're let's say you're um, not taking Social Security, you might be able to do about an $86,000 Roth IRA conversion and still be in the 15% bracket. Where if you are taking Social Security, what happens is the additional income from the Roth IRA conversion will increase the taxation of the Social Security. So to stay in the 15% bracket, you can't go any higher than $19,500. So there is additional, or if you're not a Roth IRA conversion fan, you could actually just take money out of your IRA, even at the 15% rate. Um, although personally, I'd prefer you do a Roth IRA conversion. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And they... They don't even take that into consideration in their decision of when to take Social Security. I don't know if you ever, um, well, a actually, your, your book does have some analysis. And then the other thing, and I think David's going to want to take a break fairly soon. Um, well, do, do we have time to talk about applying to spend? Because that's, that, that's, that's a well, big Well, you one. know, we, we can, let's start and see where it gets us. All right. Um, Kathleen, I thought that your book did a very good job of not only explaining the basics, but some of the um, more subtle points of applying suspend, which is just such a wonderful, wonderful technique. And I actually learned, I, I have to admit, Kathleen, I actually learned about applying suspend live on the radio when we were talking with Larry Kotlikoff. And he, he, ex he explained it. And um, since then, I have written about it. I've been quoted on it. But I thought you did a really nice job in your book about talking about it. So maybe I'll ask you to describe for our listeners the apply and suspend technique and who that would be appropriate for. Well, the apply and suspend technique is appropriate for uh, a couple where uh, you have to be a married couple. Uh, where there is a high earner and, and preferably a low earner. And what happens is that, let's say, for example, they're both full retirement age. And what happens is uh, the high earner applies for Social Security retirement benefits and then immediately suspends his application. He continues to, I'm just saying generic, you know, it could be he or she. Sure. He, conti he continues to work. What this does is allow the spouse to apply for spousal benefits. 
so during the this 66 to 70 year old 70 year old time period, every year the high earner spouse works, he adds 8 percent to his full retirement age benefit. So by the time he's 70 years old, he gets 132 percent of his full retirement age benefit. In the meantime, his spouse has collected half of his full retirement age benefit for this four-year period. Now, one of the things I, I need to point out here, and it is in the book, David, is <laughs> in a little box, is that she, what, the, what the high earner spouse has done is that he has accrued delayed retirement credits of 8% per year. Her spousal benefit will always remain the same. It will always be 50% of his full retirement age benefit. But what happens is really key with this is that as time goes on, and let's say that after 70 years old, the uh, high earner uh, retires, he gets 132% of his full retirement age benefit. She gets 50% of his uh, full retirement age benefit. And let's say somewhere down the road, he passes away. She now gets 100% of his benefit. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be 132% of his full retirement age benefit. And so that's where, in my opinion, the strategy really shines. And that is, is that she will have uh, a much larger amount of money to live on. To live on. Right, then if, if he had not participated in this particular claiming strategy. Well, actually, you know, we have a question from a listener on this very subject, which we'll get to after our break. The Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks, featuring the expert advice of Pittsburgh-based CPA attorney Jim Lang. More coming up on KQV AM 1410. The Lang Money Hour continues on KQV AM 1410. For all of your financial needs, turn to Lang Financial Group in Squirrel Hill, 412-521-2732. Let's talk more smart money. And welcome back to the Lang Money Hour. I'm David Baer here with Jim Lang and Dr. Kathleen Sindel. Listeners, you can join the conversation. Call KQV at 412-333-9385. And Jim? Uh, this is Jim Lang. Uh, the book, by the way, is Social Security, Maximize Your Benefits by Kathleen Sindel, S-I-N-D-E-L-L. -L. Uh, Kathleen, you had a little description of apply and suspend uh, right before the break, and you said something about the husband could continue working, but wouldn't everything that you said apply even if the husband was retired or if the, if the um, independent spouse was retired and not working? Well, apply and suspend. Okay, yes, he could. He doesn't necessarily have to work, but if he does work, um, he he gets two benefits. Number one is that if he applies and suspends, he gets the automatic eight percent increase. But if he's working, he has an opportunity to also bump 
the base of his full retirement age benefit based on the number of uh, units he has for highest earnings. So let's say in the last four years that he works, he has blockbuster years, and he could uh, have his full retirement age or, or that benefit uh, up because of these extra four years and the because what happens is is that uh, Social Security looks at your 35 top earning years. And so in back in the 1950s and 60s, the ceiling for, for FICA was six or eight thousand dollars. You know, today it's, it's over a hundred thousand dollars. So what would happen is that if that, if one of, or, you know, four of those years were included in your top earning years, that those would go away and the top earning years that you've just accrued would be put in its place. And so that would add to the benefit that you would get at the time you're 70. Well, you know, we actually, I mentioned before the break that we do have actually a, a, a question that a listener has emailed in, and I'll read it to you, and let's, it's on the subject, so we can respond to that. From Ron, and he says, My wife and I are both 65 and have signed up for Medicare, but have not yet for Social Security. She will reach our full retirement age of 66 at mid-year 2013, and I will be 66 at the end of this year. She doesn't have enough work credits to file for her own record, and she would like to file as my spouse on my record. I'm thinking of waiting until age 67, or possibly later, to start receiving monthly Social Security. Question 1. Do I understand correctly that I should file and suspend for Social Security at age 66 so that she could start receiving her maximum full spousal benefit at that point, and two, would her waiting period, would her waiting to file for spousal benefits until I reach age 66 assure that she would get the maximum possible monthly benefit, and three, if I, refi- if I file and suspend at age 66, does that change anything for calculating my monthly benefit when I do start receiving benefits at age 67 or later? It seems this is exactly what we're talking about. Yes. You know, what? If for file and suspend to work, you have to be full retirement age. Right, which, by, which so, by the way, you, you've mentioned that a couple times. And in your book, you have a table on that. But yes. I, is it fair to say that for people who are turning 66 now, that's the full retirement age? Or si- technically, I guess, 66 and two-thirds, is that right? Yes. Okay. It, you know, we're... we're you know, it's it's the baby boomers, and, mm-hmm. and so for if you go to the Social Security website and and you read their literature, you know, when they say full retirement age, they're generally referring to people who are 66, uh, because that's the age that we're we're at right now for most people, um, and we'll be at this age for for a while, and then uh, then after then what will happen in a little while after this time is that we'll see full retirement age be age 67. And then at that point, when people, when the legal full retirement age is 67, and if somebody applies for early retirement, instead of it being a 25% reduction of the full retirement age benefit, it will be 30%. Mm-hmm. So it it's really sort of, the way the le- you know the way the laws are written right now, it's sort of a moving target. 
and, and changes. Okay, well, let's, let's get back to Ron and his appliance suspends. Um, what, what do you think that, that he should do? And, and, and even if you don't do the exact month-by-month calculation, um, does this sound like the ideal situation where he should apply for Social Security, not collect anything, then at the and then this is actually at her full retirement age. So in other words, when she turns sixty six, that she applies as a spouse for a spousal benefit. Then only it, a spousal right, benefit a spousal, only. Right, yeah. she applies for a spousal benefit only. Let's say for discussion's sake that she gets maybe fifteen thousand dollars a year. She can get that for let's say four years till she turns seventy. So potentially close to an extra $60,000. And as I understand that, that will not hurt his benefit when he turns 70 at all. It will be as just as if he had saved, just as if he had collected nothing. And then she right. can collect when she's 70, and that $50,000 that she collected would be as if she had collected nothing. So basically, this technique is like an extra $50,000 for people who know about it, and that doesn't even include the benefits of the higher uh, Social Security that they'll be receiving for the rest of both of their lives. Yes. You know, if, if, she, if he files a file and sus- I'm going to get a little complicated here. If he does a file and suspend at 66, and then she at 66 does a spousal benefits only restricted application, she can at 70 apply for her own benefits. Right, and, and, and I think that that's such an interesting idea. Now, here's the other thing. We don't have Ron, so I can't ask him. But let's assume for discussion's sake that uh, Ron... Um, has some money in his IRA because you know Pittsburgh's a working town. We have a lot of people with IRAs and retirement plans. In fact, that's what I actually talk about a lot. I'll be talking about it actually this Saturday in Monroeville. And one of the sections I added was the integration of when to take Roth IRA or when to make Roth IRA conversions and when to take Social Security. So the other um, strategy that I would want Ron to take a look at is doing Roth IRA conversions maybe up to the top of the 15% bracket every year during that um, during that file and suspend period. Maybe, depending on, I don't, well, he's, he's already passed the stage, but if he had actually started that at age 62, some of the benefits to him would be pretty amazing. I'll, I'll just take the liberty of giving you a little preview on, on what we're going to be talking about on uh, on Saturday with apply and suspend. Um, the analysis that I have is if even just one of them make it to age 86, the combination of doing, of waiting for Social Security, doing apply and suspend at full retirement age, and then making strategic Roth IRA conversions, in today's dollars the family will be better off by $219,000. And then, because a lot of my clients, at least people that age, they are tend to be savers, not spenders, if they then die and those additional Roth IRAs 
then end up going to their kids. Um, and again, I'm not going to go through the, the, all the math on the on the radio, but the kids are going to be better off by five hundred and forty-three thousand dollars in today's dollars. So, I see some tremendous benefits to the strategy that you are advocating, which is the apply and suspend. And then I'm just going to take it maybe one step further for Ron and people in a, uh, the appropriate circumstances and to say, take a look at holding off until full retirement age, do uh, apply and suspend at full retirement age, and then do a series of Roth IRA conversions between, um, let's say, retirement and age 70, and your kids can literally be I'm sorry, $500,000 better off in today's dollars. If you, but you can't suspend until you've reached uh, the full retirement age, and you can't suspend once you've actually started getting benefits, right? First part's right. Second part, I don't think is. I'll let Kathleen take that one. Okay. Um, there, there, is, um, there is this way of, of sort of getting a big paycheck. Uh, let's say that somebody does a file and suspend, and uh, and something happens, and uh, they decide that they want to do a clawback, and so they can reapply for benefits, and they can claw back to when they originally filed, mm-hmm. and and they can push their application date back to the original file date. And they can collect uh, those benefits that they did not collect during that suspend time. Mm-hmm. But but the way I interpreted your question, David, maybe maybe, maybe um, it wasn't clear. But th- what I thought the point was, and even if it wasn't, it'd be an interesting th- issue. Let's say somebody has already started collecting Social Security, and let's say they're hearing now for the first time about um, file and suspend. And they're going, oh, my goodness, that's what I should have done. Now, I'm already collected some Social Security. Can I, and here's the question for you, Kathleen, can I stop my Social Security now and suspend it and if not get the full benefit, at least get at least part of the benefits of applying suspend, even though I have taken some Social Security benefits already? Well, you, you can do that if you're within the first year. All right. And if... So, and if you do that, it's called the reset. Right. And what, what happens is, is that um, uh, you notify the uh, Social Security that uh, you, you want to, to do a reset, that you want to uh, stop your application, that you do not want benefits any longer, and uh, you have to write them a big check. <laughs> you have to pay back what they've already given you, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have to give them back everything you you have received. Yeah, but that's and and so uh, now in the past and and there is a history to the reset. And the history is is that um, people used to do this on a regular basis, and it was a way to get a free loan. Mm-hmm. And let's say you have your money invested in a long term investment that has a high penalty. That uh, if you withdraw. And therefore, you, you're cash short, so you could apply for Social Security and then do a reset uh, when you cashed out on, on this particular long-term investment. 
and, you know, would pay it off. And, and then they would do it again. You know, two years right. later, they, they would do another reset. And it, the cost was, you know, in, in the millions of millions of dollars to the government. And so uh, about uh, three years ago, they the eliminated that reset button. Yeah, well, they, you can do it. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing right. these days. And, and, you and know, you, you can do it one time. And you have to pay back what you've got. And you pay back what you have. Right. Yeah, but... What, what but you, what you receive. In the good old days, you mm-hmm. could give back years and years of Social Security. Yeah. So so one of the really interesting strategies that we do is we used to, for people who had already collected, we used would give a whole bunch back. Then, and that, that, by the way, ended up being a tax deduction because they had to pay tax when they got it. So we had this big tax deduction. Then we did a Roth IRA conversion at the same year that we gave it back. So we basically got a free... Roth IRA conversion, and we increase people's Social Security. Um, by the way, I should me- I should mention, um, this sounds like a pretty tough area. I think your book really helps out. Again, the book, Maximizing Social Security. I'm sorry, Social Security, Maximize Your Benefits. I should mention, though, that our office um, has developed Social Security expertise. We have bought, purchased uh, actually two software packages and, more importantly, invested in uh, time in learning how to use them and helping people maximize their social security and um, a lot of times people say well maybe some of the things you're talking about work for a lot of people what what about my situation and I don't know how how much time we're gonna have for divorce issues and for um, second marriage issues etc um, or or even widow or widower um, issues but I will just tell you that that is an off a service that our office prepares. Um, we do that analysis. We usually charge $500 to do that. So if somebody is overwhelmed and is interested in having somebody professionally run the numbers on what they should do about Social Security, they, they could contact us, and for a flat fee, we will make a determination and a recommendation. Well, with that, let's take one more break and talk about other services that you provide. The Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks, featuring the expert advice of Pittsburgh-based CPA attorney Jim Lang. More coming up on KQVAM 1410. The Lang Money Hour continues on KQVAM 1410. For all of your financial needs, turn to Lang Financial Group in Squirrel Hill, 412-521-2732. Let's talk more smart money. And welcome back to the Lang Money Hour with Jim Lang and Dr. Kathleen Sindel. Jim? Um, we have Ron, who actually was the person who emailed the question in, the long question that we read, um, is on the line. And I do want to take his call in one minute. But there was one or two points that I wanted to make because if the call runs a long time and the show is up, I don't want these points to be missed. And, and, and Kathleen, I think that you put it, put it well um, when you said said what was the statistics like 40% of the people who of the women who are 90 and older that is their sole um means of support um yeah. and, and 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 even even for a wealthier crew and even for my clients who who usually do tend to do um relatively well the savings of having of knowing that a higher amount of money is going to come in every month for the rest of your life and, and this is my big thing now <coughs> the rest of your spouse's life 
is really an important thing. I mean, ev- even my brother-in-law called called me and he said he was very interested in in taking Social Security. And he said, well, because of his genetic history, he wasn't sure how long he was going to live. And and he kind of cal- did some calculations and he figured that, gee, based on the break-even points, that he'd probably be better off taking it early. And my big thing was no, 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 because if you die even early and even even at age 80 or some some other time either before that it's critical that your spouse get a spousal benefit that will be the equivalent of what you received and if you take it early you're reducing not only the amount that you're getting now but you're going to reduce the amount that your spouse is going to get for the rest of her life and that can literally be the difference between being a surviving spouse being comfortable and not being comfortable. But anyway, I, d- I did want to make that point. And why don't, why don't we let Ron, who apparently isn't satisfied with our answer, um, fin- fin- finish the question. Uh, Ron, you're on the air. Ron, are you with us? Yes, I am. All righty. Go ahead. F- 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 what, what, what part of the question uh, was unclear or th- could we help you with? Okay, uh, the spouse, spousal benefit is to be applied on my record because my spouse doesn't have enough work credits on her own record. So she will only qualify for my record to get benefits. Right. She's, she's, you're going to apply and suspend benefits. She's going to apply as a spousal, as a spousal beneficiary, in effect, and collect half of what you would have collected. Yes, and she has to wait until I reach reach full retirement age because she reaches retirement age, full retirement age before me. Right, and if it was the opposite, then then you would wait. You'd have to wait until she was full retirement age. Is that is that right, Kathleen? Yes, that's correct. That you have to have both people full retirement age. Well, no, no, you don't have to. Ha- you have to have one person who's at full retirement age. But since your wife doesn't. Uh, qualified for Social Security, it, it has to be you. So it's you who has to be full retirement age and who does the file and suspend. She, at that time, and if she will be because of your particular situation, she will be full retirement age. So she will automatically get half of, of what you would be paid at full retirement age for your benefit. Now, now this so, is... So what will happen is is that you're not going to get a benefit, but she will get half of whatever benefit you qualify for. You yep. will continue continue to work if you so desire, and and every year that goes on, you will get an increase of eight percent in what's called the delayed retirement credit. She will always get half of your full retirement age benefit. She, this 8% that you will get per year as an increase will not affect the amount of money she will receive. Um, now, this doesn't apply to Ron, but what if she was 62 and he was 66? She would get a reduced benefit. She would, she get, would get... Yeah. All right, so she, would, she wouldn't get half of what he, he got. He would be eligible for, is that right? She she would get half, and then uh, a portion of uh, she would get seventy one point five percent of half. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I guess you can't be more specific than that. Okay, Ron, go ahead. Fin finish your question. Uh, so then uh, that file and suspend for me and her taking benefits doesn't affect any calculations that Social Security does for me in later years when I begin to take benefits. Is no. that correct? Yeah, no. yeah. So, so earlier when I did that this that little discussion of that, you know, that you that you yourself forgetting your wife, you yourself would be better off by what did I say fifty four thousand or fifty eight fifty eight thousand um, dollars. That's kind of like free money, and the fact that she's collecting on your um, record doesn't hurt you and it would be the same as if you didn't collect a nickel and she didn't collect a nickel and you started taking it at 70 and right. so, so it didn't hurt her it didn't hurt you it's just an extra fifty thousand dollars that the government is going to give you that never hurts <laughs> no well <laughs> yeah it, it's to, to me it's kind of astounding it's almost like a loophole and on the other hand frankly when i see a loophole instead of trying to close it i just try to take advantage of it in fact i'd say a fair amount of my career is looking for things that might never have been um let's say planned out or the congress never really quite understood the uh the power of what they were doing so for example i don't think that congress really got what they were doing when they allowed roth ira conversions and some of the numbers that i was just going through where if you combine the applying suspend technique and the right time to take Social Security and the appropriate Roth IRA conversions, that you'd be $211,000 better off in today's dollars and your kids would be $500,000 off in today's dollars. But if the government is going to let us do that, I don't see why we shouldn't and, and why we shouldn't take advantage of everything the government's willing. Is, is, that, is that okay with you, Ron, to have your family benefit and the government just has a little bit less money to spend on some of the things that they spend money on? Yeah, that's good for me. All right. Did, <laughs> did, did we answer your question or is there more? Y yes, you did answer the question. And the, I was c concerned about uh, something that uh, we haven't talked about yet is that uh, I'm thinking that when the spousal benefits ap apply, I am doing partial Roth conversions yearly. Oh, very good, very good. So the spousal benefits would then have to be considered when I'm calculating the conversion for that year because I've got to, that becomes taxable because my conversions would make it taxable. Uh, that's, that's right. So what that might end up doing, in fact, I didn't go through all the details of the calculations that I made, but actually you have to, if, if you're trying to make Roth IRA conversions to the top of the 15% bracket, some of the file and suspend income that you get from Social Security as a spousal benefit, or I should say your wife gets, will reduce the amount of Roth IRA conversion that you can make at um, if you're trying to stay in the 15% bracket, which is probably a good strategy for you. Yeah. So actually, Ron, I think you have independently figured out both applying suspend and the Roth IRA um, conversion to the top of the 15% bracket, and you get the Larceny of the Heart Award, <laughs> which is a awarded to people who have, who have figured things out for themselves in a way to maximize their own 
retirement benefits. Unfortunately, you can't pick it up for 30 years. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're getting to the end of the show here. And, uh, you know, I, does anybody else have anything they want to add qu- quickly? We have 30 seconds, 10 seconds. Yes. No? Well. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I do. Okay, um, you always do. Yeah, I always do. So, I- in general, I would say hold off taking your Social Security. Um the period between when you retire and you take Social Security, consider doing Roth IRA conversions. Um, when you and your spouse reach full retirement age, consider taking a appliance, a spend technique, and continue doing Roth IRA conversions. And then when you're both 70, take full retirement. And the combination of doing the appliance, suspend, holding off on Social Security, and some Roth IRA conversions could mean in today's dollars roughly $200,000 to you and about and even in today's dollars $500,000 to your kids. And finally, I will mention the book which I do recommend Social Security Maximized Your Benefits by Kathleen Sindel, S I N D E L L and thank you so much for being on the show Kathleen. It was my pleasure. And Ron, thanks to you and thanks for listening to this edition of the Lang Money Hour where smart money talks. And thanks also to our program coordinator, Amanda Cassidy-Schweinberg, and also to our in-studio producer, Jason Gruber. Thanks for listening to the Lang Money Hour, where smart money talks. Check out the show archives and listen on demand anytime at retiresecure.com. KQV listeners can receive free tickets to Jim Lang's Pittsburgh area workshops and more. Call the Lang Financial Group at 412-521-2732. That's 412-521-2732. And reserve your seats and meet Jim Lang in person. Again, that's 412-521-2732.